Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Well, good morning, Movement Church. Come on, good morning, Movement Church. Man, you chose the best Sunday to be in church. And I got to tell you, every week you end up looking better than the week before. At least most of you do. We're praying for some of you. But do me a favor, turn to someone on your right and left, say, it's a good thing you're here. Oh, wow. Wow. Apparently you don't like the people on your right and left. That's good. Listen, I am excited to be here with you. My name is Carrie. For those of you who are with us for the first time today, my wife and I are some of the pastors here at the Movement Church. And man, I got to tell you, in fact, my wife is at home today with both of my girls. Had to go to the doctor. We head out of town tonight to a conference. We'll be back next Sunday. Don't worry, you won't even miss a beat. But we had to get into the doctor to make sure everything is good to go. And uh, she was so, actually all of them were so disappointed because I couldn't be here today. And I don't know if you're new, maybe you haven't had a chance to connect with my wife. She's the greatest individual on the planet. That is a fact. But uh, really, she is one of the greatest strengths at the Movement Church. Uh, since the beginning of what we've been doing here at the church, we decided we don't want to be a church built on or around the charisma or the personality or the gift mix or the strengths of one or two individuals. We want to be a church that is built with people just like you and me, who really, honestly, it's okay to not be okay. Some of you are really jacked up. Others of you are doing great. We can tell this morning. It's awesome. But she is one of the great strengths of this church. Her, her ideas and the vision that she has, but more importantly than that, her love and devotion for the Lord and her care and compassion for you is overwhelming. So if you have her number, shoot her a text right now and tell her, Man, the Movement Church was great, but we missed you. She would be grateful for that today. But I want to tell you this, too. She said, please, 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 you've got to push She Collective. We've got an event coming up. I know Pastor Gurley talked about it for a moment, coming up in two Fridays called She Collective. And listen, at the Movement Church, we're not about just kind of doing something cute for the women over here. We're about empowering women and, and, and men and, and children and teenagers, whoever we can, to become the fullness of who God's created them, them to be. And that's what She Collective is all about. In fact, she's got a message that's been on her heart since the beginning of the year. I told her to call it Pure Gold Babe. But no, she didn't. I didn't tell her that at all. But it's going to be absolutely unbelievable. So ladies, listen to me. Cancel every plan you have and get to She Collective. Guys, take care of the kiddos. Remove any obstacles. I'm telling you, it will be worth it. And here's what she asked me to tell you. This is not from me. And gentlemen, please do not make fun of me for saying this. But bring your girl gang with you, ladies, okay? You're, I don't know. Is that, am I saying that right? Your girl gang? Is that First service laughed a lot louder and harder than second service did. So, But make sure you bring all your friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I want to just tell you real quickly. Everybody just take a deep breath. Go, all right, relax. We're in church. It's all good. It's all good. Here's what I want to challenge you today. Don't, don't come into this service with any preconceived notion or idea. Let's just take off all of the, the, the pretense, any of the challenges. You, you've heard a couple people today talk about how you know, no matter what you're facing in the week, it's okay. You're here now. I believe God wants to do something 
miraculous. Not mundane, not mediocre. Look at me. It's something real. We're going to spend another 30 minutes together. And then we're going to dismiss. You'll go eat lunch. But man, what if we actually lean into what God wants to do right here in this moment? I just wonder what he might say to you and to me. And if you're here today and you're not sure what it is you believe, permission to belong before you believe. We don't want to force any idea on you. In fact, we want to say you're welcome. Welcome to our home. But let's just see what God can do. Is that cool today? I want to share a couple things with you. And, and, and really, I just, a couple thoughts for you. But I'm excited at this season as we are gearing up for the Movement Church turning five years old. That's worth screaming about right there. We're turning five next week. When I tell you, literally, we didn't know if we would be here after week two, that is a fact, Jack. And we are still here, but I'm excited about what God is doing, not in the movement church as an entity, but in you. And I, I'm hearing stories of life change, and, and it's just more evidence to the fact that when Jesus shows up, anything can happen. When Jesus shows up, anything can happen. When he shows up, lives change. When he shows up, the broken hearts are healed. When he shows up, those that feel rejected now feel received. When he shows up, captives are set free. The blind see, the lame walk, and the dead live again. What does that mean? That, uh, you might say, I've never seen someone that was dead come back to life, but, but I'm here to tell you that I have seen marriages that seem dead come back to life. People who were dead to purpose and dream and vision I've seen that become resurrected into a new season where God said, hey, I'm not finished with you yet. And I want to read a scripture with you today, and I honestly will be using this throughout our message today. It's found in Romans chapter 10, and it reiterates that very same thought. I'm going to read from the message paraphrase, and if you'd like to, it'll be on the screens to read along, or if you want to follow along, you can text the word notes to the number that's on the screen, and everything will be right there in the convenience of your phone, but look at what Romans chapter 10, verse 11 says. Scripture reassures us that no one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. It's exactly the same no matter what a person's religious background may be. And my friends, that is good news for us today. It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your heritage. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter about your presence. Listen, God for all of us acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Look at this. Everyone who calls help God gets help. And I love how the writer here, he kind of takes a curve. He starts off and he says, here's what God does for all humanity. And he kind of turns the, the car, so to speak, and he says, but now look at the role that you and I play. Now again, if you're here and you're not sure where you land on faith, that's okay. But if you're here today and you say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm doing what I can to follow Jesus. And this portion of the scripture is written to you and to me. It says this, but how can people... Call for help if they don't know who to trust. And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? 
He's saying, now, listen, anybody who calls out to God for help gets help, but I've chosen a messenger. I've created and concocted a brilliant plan to bring this truth to humanity, and that brilliant concocted plan actually has your name written on it and mine. We are commissioned to tell the good news of God. Paul, the writer, turns the corner again, and he says, that's what makes the church amazing. Look at this. That's why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. Friends, that's the church. The church is not a senior pastor. It's not an incredible musician. The church is all of us. Messy, imperfect jacked up people and the writer here says a grand procession a sight to take your breath away we're commissioned we have a mission and I want to encourage you with a few thoughts today but before we do that can we pray and today as we pray I want to tell you we're going to continue to pray for those that are in southeast Texas that have been just devastated by Harvey that blew through. And we're going to pray today specifically for our friends and brothers and sisters in Florida who right now are facing severe uncertainty. But listen to me. Let me tell you, in uncertain times and when facing crisis, there is one thing that we always remains true, that always remains certain, and that's the hope of who Jesus is. So when we pray today, we don't pray with doubt, we don't pray as one that doesn't know of a solution. We pray with faith and hope in God above. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray? God, we thank you that you're in this place today and you're doing something miraculous. But God, before we go any further into our service, we want to lift up the families and, and the individuals in Southeast Houston who are still facing severe tragedy because of the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. And God, I pray right now that as churches and people are uniting to bring hope to those that have been affected, I pray that you would lean in and bring hope to those that are feeling discouraged and overwhelmed, that you would remind them that you're not finished with them yet, God that the greatest days are still ahead of them. Though it might be challenging, you still have a future for them. And God, we lift up those that are in Florida right now. We pray for protection in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would begin to downgrade this hurricane, that it would not be as devastating as everybody says it's going to be, that you would cease the winds, God. You've done it before. I pray you'd do it again. And I pray, God, right now for strength and hope and protection for those that are there in Florida and the states and the, the nations that have been affected. And God, I thank you that you care about things like this. We come to you right now as a group of people gathered in a gymnasium in Lake Forest, California. As we lift up those that are in states that are far from here, we also take into account the very confines of our very own soul. And I pray right now, God, that you would lean into us today. That you'd speak to us in a unique way. Help us to see the things we need to adjust. And give us the courage to take the steps we need to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. By the way, amen just means I agree. I want to talk to you about a few points for all of us today. And I want to share a, a story or two. And I've actually shared these before. But there's some that have actually been profoundly inspirational in my life. 
And so I see a lot of new faces, and I feel like, man, if it inspired me, I want it to inspire you. And I, I want to give you three thoughts for today that is for all of us in this room. And I'd encourage you, take notes and write these things down. If you didn't bring your phone, just get a pen and write on the person to you next to you on the right arm or their left arm and take a picture of it. That's fine. But three thoughts for you today. And here's what I'm going to ask from you. First service was really good at, at some participation, so I want to blow them out of the water. So if I say something mildly funny, do me a favor and just laugh harder for my sake. It's a pity laugh, but it just helps me out. And if you hear something that sounds remotely interesting, say, wow. Let's try that now. Say, wow. And if it sounds really good, you're like, man, that's inspirational. Say, that's good. Oh, man, see, we're good. This is awesome. I want to share a couple thoughts for you. And point number one is, point number one, are you ready for this? You are an eagle. Say, I'm an eagle. No, 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 let's try that again. Say, I'm an eagle. Now, I'm not talking about the spawn of Satan, the Philadelphia Eagles, because we wouldn't talk about that team. And that, that was a lot funnier than you're laughing. Let's try this out. That's worth, there we go. All right. I'm talking about the fact that you are an eagle. I heard a story when I was younger, and it has remained with me. It has hung with me ever since I heard the story. And uh, it's a, a, about two eaglets. Everybody say eaglets. I felt awkward, so I wanted you to feel awkward for saying that as well. And they were perched in their nest high above the ground, and a mighty wind came, and it blew these two eaglets to the ground. And the mom and the dad eagle, I don't know what the proper term is for those, were gone at this point, and so now we have these orphaned eaglets rummaging through the bottom of the forest and along comes a gaggle of turkeys everybody say gaggle that's what they're called I just wanted you to feel awkward as well a gaggle of turkeys comes by and in this group of turkeys there happens to be a mother turkey and she sees these two eaglets and she's overwhelmed with compassion knowing that they've now been orphaned and so she adopts these two eaglets as her own she raises them as turkeys she teaches them to search for grubs and insect and porridge and sift through the dirt. And she teaches them how that we don't fly as turkeys because we weren't created. But if we get into trouble, we can jump and flap our wings and we'll get a little bit above the ground and then plummet to the earth and then we run away. And she raised these two eagles as turkeys. As time passed, these eagles grew, but they began to assume that they were, of course, turkeys. There are two brothers, the oldest is Ace and the youngest is Jerome. I don't know why the writer decided to name him that, but he did. And Ace felt something on the inside stirring. He said, just something doesn't seem right. I don't know about this whole turkey thing. He kind of got tired of eating grubs and insects. He would see a mouse run and kind of get this appetite for something a little bit more because you and I both know that eagles eat rabbits and mice and snakes. Oh my, but here he is digging and sifting through the dirt for grubs and insects. And then one day, Ace looks up in the sky and he sees a bird soaring high above. And again, something on the inside is triggered and he thinks... Maybe I'm supposed to fly. And Ace waddles over to Jerome. He says, hey, did you see that bird? I think we're supposed to fly. And Jerome says, Ace, you're so foolish. We're turkeys. Our mom is a turkey. Our dad is a turkey. Our, our cousins are turkeys. We do what turkeys do, and turkeys don't fly. But this wouldn't settle in Ace. And every time he would see a bird fly, he would run over to Jerome and say, are you sure about this? 
Maybe we're supposed to fly. Every time I see a bird, something on the inside wants to mount up. And he said, Jerome, he said, Ace, you're such an idiot. You're a turkey. I'm a turkey. Our mother is a turkey. Our father is a turkey. Our cousins are turkeys. We do what turkeys do, and turkeys do not fly. Well, this really disheartened Ace, as you can imagine. So he waddles out to the forest, and as he gets to the forest and begins to cry, all of a sudden he looks up, and there perched above him is a wise old owl. How many of you had some, have some wise old owls in your life? Yeah, that's always good to have a wise. I'm assuming he is the guy that does the Tootsie Roll Pop commercial, but I'm not positive. And I just, just some of y'all don't even know what commercial I'm talking about, and that's awesome. And so he sits there and he sees Ace crying, and I didn't know eagles could cry, apparently they can, and he said, Ace, or what, he said young man, but he wasn't a young man, young eaglet, I don't know, I'm losing track here. What's wrong? And Ace looks up at the wise old owl and he says, well, I just really want to fly. And the wise old owl says, well, why don't you fly, son? He said, I can't, I'm a turkey, can't you see? My mom is a turkey, my dad is a turkey, my cousins are turkeys, and we do what turkeys do, and turkeys don't fly. And the owl leans in with wisdom, and he says, son, I've been around for a while, and you are definitely not a turkey. You were an eagle, and you were born to fly. Ace again repeats back, but now with a little bit of questions and hesitancy, and he says, no, you don't understand. I'm a turkey. My mom was a turkey. My dad, my cousins, and we do what turkeys do, and turkeys don't fly. And the wise old owl said, well, you know what? You can decide because you seem to be frustrated by not attempting, so maybe, just maybe, you should attempt to fly. And something on the inside of Ace stirred up, and he stood up on his two legs and he began to run and flap his wings and just as you would suppose this eagle mounted up and began to fly and he never went back to being a turkey again. Why? Because he was now living the life he was created to live. Hey, look at me, friends. You're not a turkey. You're an eagle. I saw a wife Nudge your husband and say, no, you're a turkey, but settle down. <laughs> you're not a turkey. You're an eagle. So listen, stop living a life limited by your expectations or limited by your experiences and start living the life you were created to live. Everybody say, I'm an eagle. Oh, come on, like you mean to say, I'm an eagle. You were created to live an amazing life, but no life is worth living except for the life that God created you for. And Listen, I want to just challenge you with this thought. I say it often because I believe it's so true that many of you walked in here today haunted by the notion that the life you're living is not the one you were created to live. So stop being a turkey because you're created to be an eagle. And some of you might say, well, how do I do that? And, and, and listen, that's true. That, that can be challenging at times. If you're here and you're new to the church, I want to tell you one of the greatest steps you can take to discover how to live life like an eagle is to come to our Welcome to Church party. Why? Because we exist as a church to help connect the dots from where you are to where God has called you to be. That's why we exist. And we have a few wise old owls that will be at the Welcome to Church party today, but they won't be able to give you the wisdom for all of your problems and all of your woes, but they might be able to help you just take your next step towards becoming more like an eagle. Everybody say, I'm an eagle. I'm an eagle. 
Come on, like you mean to say, I'm an eagle. Number one, you're an eagle. Number two, be the light. Everybody say, be the light. I want to read one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5. And I love this because it uses an amazing metaphor to kind of talk about the journey of faith. Now again, if you're here and you're not sure what it is you believe, it's okay. But this scripture was written to people who said, man, I'm doing everything I know to do to follow Jesus. Look at what it says. For at one time, you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. This is using the illustration of light and darkness because we can identify with the fact that if we live life without Christ in it, it feels overwhelmingly dark at times. And when we say yes to him, he illuminates something inside of us. It pulls forth this great calling just like our friend Ace as he began to mount up wings like eagles. And the scripture is saying, hey, you're no longer in darkness, so live as children of light. When do you notice light? In darkness. If you were to take a flashlight out right now and turn it on, nobody would notice because we've got all these lights on and the Costco Ross Dress for Less fluorescent lights above that creates kind of a yellowish hue. Anyone notice that? Don't you wish we had a sample lady right now because that would make this service even better. Now you're excited. Awesome. Note to self. Bring a sample lady. Okay, moving on. But light is seen in the darkness. If you went into a room and you couldn't find the light switch, if you're like me, you probably would inevitably try to find your phone and turn on the flashlight on your phone. Anybody else do that? Yeah. For those of you that have the iPhone, you are familiar with the new feature with the flashlight that now, if you hold down the flashlight icon, it pops up three options. (gasps) Thank you, technology. Bright light, medium light, and low light. Why? Because sometimes light can be so overwhelming that it becomes obnoxious and you would just rather stay in the darkness. Have you ever had to use the restroom in the middle of the night and you turn the light on, you're immediately angered, and you just shut it off and try to make everything work out all right? Anyone else in here? Thank God I'm not alone, right? Well, the same can be true for you and for me. We're called to live as children of the light, which means there should be something in my life that is reflective of the goodness of who God is. But that can become overwhelmingly obnoxious and actually be a frustration and a turnoff for many people if we're too bright of a light. If all we do is talk about God and the Holy Spirit and the Word and we're wearing Christian t-shirts with Christian necklaces, singing Christian music and like oozing Christian vibes. It can be overwhelming and, and a big turnoff for people. It can be. You ever heard the statement that you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good? But the same can be true and said of low light. We're called to be light in a dark world. To obnoxious light is overwhelming, but at the same time, if there's not enough light in our life, we're no longer effective. I'll never forget when we first started the church, I would office out of Starbucks. Some called it an addiction. I just called it godliness. Um, I would go there at least three times a week, sometimes four, and if I'm being honest, every day. And uh, I had my, my Starbucks right by my home, and I actually called it and referred to it as my Starbucks, which makes sense. And so I've got my seat, my table. This is before the mobile app came out, so I would come up and order. They would know my name. I knew their name when they hired new people. I was patient while they were training. It was just a beautiful relationship. 
a year and a half, almost two, into going to this Starbucks and working three days, sometimes four days a week, working away, building relationships with the baristas. My good friend had just moved in town. His name is Chris. If you don't know him, you probably don't love Jesus. You need to get to know him. He's an amazing guy. And he walks in and he begins to talk to the baristas as he does. There's just something magnetic about him. And so everybody wants to talk to him. And he's probably getting their life story. And he's probably praying for them. And, and then I see him begin to invite the barista that I had already ordered my drink from to church. And he's talking to them across the counter. And he does one of these things. And he looks and he goes, and that's our senior pastor. And the barista goes, Carrie? I didn't know he was a pastor. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that, buddy. First service laughed a lot harder. <laughs> a year and a half. In and out. Every day. I'm talking hours of working. And I had not allowed the light that's in me to shine. A year and a half. And it just dawned on me, man, I, I'm missing the mark here. I'm missing the mark. God concocted a, a plan for humanity, and, and, and part of it has my name on it, and I had forgotten to be the light. So over-the-top light can be a problem, but so can hiding behind our faith. Are you tracking with me today? So what is the right amount of light? What does that look like? How does that play out in our everyday life? Well, in conversation, put courage in, not doubt. Put courage. Courage. Put courage in. Why? There's enough doubt and fear to go around, to make the world go around. And what people are in, in need of and desperate for is somebody that can say, no, wait, we can do this thing, not because of my own strength, but because of the strength that I find in who Jesus is. So put courage in. You know what else? Speak hope and future. Hope. Hope. People need hope. And you and I get to do this. Why do we have hope? Is it because life is perfect? No. Anybody who says that is either a part of a cult or selling something. Life is crazy. So when you hit crazy, what do you need? Hope. Are you tracking with me? Don't join in on the office gossip and complaining. Guys, that's there. You know what I'm talking about. Don't join in. I don't care how bad your boss is. Don't join in on the gossip and complaints. You know what else? Here's a great idea. Live right. Let's just live how God tells us to live. Not perfectly. He never demands perfection. But let's just choose to do what's right. I love how the message paraphrase re rephrases that scripture we just read. It's found the same one, Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 10. It says this, you groped your way through that murk once. In other words, you climbed out of the darkness and the grossness of life. But no longer are you in it. You're now out in the open. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. Look at this. So no more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ. Look at this. And do it. Do it. Just live right. Not perfect. Just make the right choices. You track with me? You know the, another great way to be the light? Jump on the dream team. 
absolutely jump on the dream team. It's one of the greatest decisions that you can make. Why? Because every time you're on the team, you get a chance to be light for somebody who's coming in from a dark world. Right now, we use this illustration over and over and over again because it rings so true right across the courtyard in some portables that smell like the baloney and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's what they smell like, and you know what I'm talking about. There's an army of men and women who are hanging out with your kids, and they have children of their own too, and they work a nine, nine to five too, and they have stress and challenges in their life too, but they said, you know what, maybe I can give a mom or a dad an hour and a half with no distractions just to experience the hope of who Jesus is. And they're not just babysitting your kids to make sure they don't die or burn things down. You know what they're doing? They're speaking hope. In fact, you might see our kids team today wearing a shirt that says the future starts here. Why? Because they're speaking life into your children, saying we believe in you. You know what that's called? Being light. Being light. Hey, you're an eagle. Stop living like a turkey and be the light. Point number three, and we're almost finished. Everybody say point number three. I want to read one more scripture, but uh, the, 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 the point for you today is this. Tell the world. Everybody say, tell the world. Amen. I wanted to change it to tell your world, but I, I just left it like this right here. Tell the world. This scripture we're reading in Romans chapter 10, it really kind of unpacks the role that you and I play in this whole thing that God's trying to do to bring hope to humanity. We go back into the verse that says, everyone who calls help God gets help. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? So the, the word here is saying, that listen, there's someone to be trusted. There's hope for humanity, but somebody has to tell them. God concocted a plan to bring hope to the world, and it literally has your name on it. He dropped you into the neighborhood that you live in, the workplace that you're at Monday through Friday, the pickup line that you wait in for your kids, the little league game that you attend. The class that you sit in at Aliso Niguel or Dana Hills High School or Saddleback College. He dropped you there on purpose. Why? Because there's people seated to your right and left. Neighbors that live in front of you, behind you, sideways, wherever it is. That just need to know hope. And it's nobody else's job but yours. It's crazy. How will they know if we don't tell them? So two times a year as a church... We put together a campaign that would help us remember what our role is, remember what our mission is. We have one going on right now. We passed out packets and we try to make them look as exciting or handsome or cute or enticing as we possibly can. And we do this not because it's tradition, not because it's something that's just a gimmick, but it's because it's what our mission is. And look at me in the eyes for a moment. If me, the senior pastor of this church, the one who moved hundreds of miles away from my home and gave up everything that I have to build this with a team of people can go to a Starbucks every day and forget to be the light than any of us can. Can. So two times a year, we just get together as a church to remember that we have a mission. 
And I want to take a few moments today and walk through this packet and the contents of it. Many of you have gotten one. If you haven't, we'll have some for you today. But it walks through what we can do. And I want to draw your attention before we go any further to this very important card. And on this back side, it shows our mission statement, the reason why we exist. If you haven't heard it yet, I apologize. But we have one reason we exist, and I'm going to tell you right now, we are not here to be a country club for Christians. A place just to come and feel good about our faith. But we exist to inspire the one who's far from God. To find life in Christ and life in the church. It's why we do everything that we do. So we put this card in here, and it says the movement church exists to inspire, and we left a blank. Here's what I'm going to ask you. I want you to write the names of two to three people that you know in this blank. Their names. And then what I want you to do is I want you to put in that little thing that holds the mirror up in your bathroom. Or on your dashboard, not over the speedometer. Please make sure you can see that. Maybe by the refrigerator. Somewhere where you go on a daily basis and every time you see it, here's what I'm going to ask. Look at me. Hang on. Don't get disconnected because I'm walking through this. I want to ask that you pray for them. And here's how you pray. God... Would you help me create a moment to invite and bring this person to church? When I meet him or see him again, would you give me the words to speak? And what I want to challenge you to do is take one of these invitations and for the people that are on this card, and even those that are not written down, but the people that are on this card, I want you to hand them an invitation and say, you're coming with me on Sunday the 17th. My church is celebrating a five-year anniversary. We're going to party. It's going to be the greatest thing you've ever been to. And we're going to preach the gospel and give people a chance to say yes to the hope of who Jesus is. Let me just challenge you with one thing. On this thing right here, this little blank, what needs to go in here are the names of people who just need some hope. It's interesting. we, We do packets like this for your kids as well. So we send our kids to their school. and Hey, invite your friends on the 17th. Invite your friends. And my youngest came back and said, well, I invited her and her because they go to church and they're Christians. But I didn't invite her because she doesn't go to church. And I was like, hey, that's great. But that's the one who needs to be here more than any. If you've got friends that are already plugged into a church, don't invite them to ours. This isn't a country club for Christians. Don't get angry at me right now either. I can feel it in your eyes. Who in your world needs an extra dose of hope? Maybe they're far from God. Maybe they knew God once, but they've been running. God concocted a plan, and it's got your name on it. He dropped you right in their world. Invite them and bring them on Sunday. We put a bracelet in here. We did anything we could to help bring a reminder to invite your friends I'm wearing mine you don't have to wear it I don't care if you wear it maybe you don't need this maybe you have something else I'm just saying hey jump on board and let's bring people to church on the 17th and see God do something miraculous in Orange County there's another thing you can do for every first time visitor on the 17th we're giving away a t-shirt just to say, hey, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'd love to be a part of, your, your, of what God's plan is for your life. And so if you'd like to be a part of that journey, today you can buy a shirt. The shirt costs $12. That covers the cost of your shirt and one for a first-time visitor. If you can't afford it, then you don't get a shirt. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. Let me know. But if you want a free shirt, bring a visitor and tell them to give you their shirt. That's fine. All I'm saying is it's going to be amazing movement church swag and we can actually make a difference in the lives of people. Are y'all tracking with me today? Next thing you can do is bring everyone you know on the 17th. I want to move the curtains back. Unpack every chair. Maybe even pull the bleachers out. 
That'd be awesome and terrifying. <laughs> Why? So we can have more bodies and seats? Yeah. Because every name has a story. Every story matters to God. This is part of the mission that God's given us. And God dropped you in the world that you live in to make an impact. We get to do this together. I want to read one more story to you, and I've read it before. It's been a few years now. It's really one of my favorites, and, 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 and I think it kind of captures our heartbeat for the movement church, but probably more importantly, what I believe is God's heartbeat for the church. You know, here, can I just be transparent with you for a moment? I, I don't know that I'm the best pastor, because really my heart is an evangelist. Not like the kind that you see on TV that do a lot of preaching to Christians. I'm talking about an evangelist that just desperately wants people who don't know God or have been hurt by the church or are frustrated with God just to know that it doesn't have to look the way that you've experienced before, that God wants to do amazing things in your life and it doesn't have to be weird. It's normal because God's good and there's something ahead of you. The greatest days of your life are not right now. It isn't yesterday, but it's ahead of you. That's my heartbeat. That's why we do what we do as a church. And I want to read this story to you because I feel like, if, if anything, it captures the heartbeat of why we're doing this campaign. And I believe it really captures the heart of God for people. Listen to this. Longing to leave her poor Brazilian neighborhood, Christina wanted to see the world. Discontent with a home having only a pallet on the floor and a wash basin and a wood-burning stove, she dreamed of a better life in the city. One morning, she slipped away, breaking her mother's heart. Knowing what a life on the streets would, look, would be like for her young, attractive daughter, Maria hurriedly packed to go and find her. On her way to the bus stop, she entered a drugstore to get one last thing, pictures. She sat in a photography booth, closed the curtain, and spent all she could on pictures of herself. With her purse full of a small black and white photos, she boarded the next bus to Rio de Janeiro. Maria knew Christina had no way of earning money, and she also knew that her daughter was too stubborn to give up. And when pride meets hunger, a human will do things that were before unthinkable. Knowing this, Maria began her search. Bars, hotels, nightclubs, and any place with a reputation for streetwalkers or prostitutes, she went to them all. And at each place, she left her picture, taped on a bathroom mirror, tacked into a hotel bulletin board, fastened to the corner of a phone booth. And on the back of each photo, she wrote a note it wasn't too long before both the money and the pictures ran out, and Maria had to return home. The weary mother wept as the bus began its long journey back to her tiny village. It was a few weeks later that young Christina descended the hotel stairs. Her young face was tired. Her brown eyes no longer danced with youth, but spoke of pain and fear. Her laughter was broken. Her dream had become a nightmare. A thousand times over, she had longed to trade these countless beds for her secure pallet. Yet that village was in too many ways 
too far away. As she reached the bottom of the stairs, her eyes noticed a familiar face, and she looked again, and there on the lobby mirror was a small picture of her mother. Christina's eyes burned and her throat tightened as she walked across the room and removed the small photo, and written on the back was a compelling invitation. Whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. And she did. And I feel like that should be the message of the church because that is the message of Jesus. And whatever you've done, whatever you've become, it doesn't matter. Please come home. That's why we have banners out front that say, welcome home. If there's always going to be a seat for you at the movement church. Why? Because people are awesome. Well, yeah, that might be true. But more importantly, the grace of God is awesome. And there's nothing we can do in life that would remove us from his love. And he, my friends, has concocted a plan to bring the hope and truth of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world that we live in. And that plan, my friends, has your name on it. He dropped you in your neighborhood, dropped you in your workplace for this season, for this moment. And I'm telling you right now, as a pastor, I don't want to get to the place where I stand before Jesus. And then I recount my life and just see missed opportunities of being light in a dark world. I want to get there and look to the right and left and see hundreds of thousands of people who said yes to Jesus. They didn't live life perfect, but they just said yes to Jesus. I'm telling you, you want the same thing. We can do this together. One person at a time. How many of you in here, just with a show of hands, would say, you know what, I know a few people who need the hope of Jesus. Would you just raise your hand? Come on. Can I just pray for you and for them? Would you bow your heads? God, I just thank you that right now, you have ordained our steps, that you've called us to this season, to this place, to this county for such a time as this. And God, I pray right now for the men and women that we know need the hope of who you are. I pray for divine encounters, divine appointments. For everyone seated here, chances and opportunities just to share hope and to speak truth. Lord, I just pray for the names that people are going to write on their cards and bring with them next Sunday. I pray that there be story after story of lives changed, of hope discovered, of marriages restored, of destiny and purpose being pursued because of people being committed just to being light in a dark world. God, I thank you that you've called us and created us for this moment now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, before we go any further, we're almost finished with our service today. I just want to talk to a few of you in this room today who may not be sure where you stand in this whole faith thing. I'm not talking about membership to a church. And I just want to encourage you. I'm definitely not talking about eradicating your past. Removing all the mistakes and failures. I mean, that's the great thing about God is that we don't have to get cleaned up to get to him. We just have to start with him and he'll work on the rest. But there's a starting point, friends. There's a starting point. It's not through osmosis. It's not thinking good thoughts. It's by saying yes to Jesus. And if you're here today and you've never started that journey, 
Today is your day. Today is your day. And if you're here today and maybe you, you might have prayed a prayer like this or made a decision like this, but you've been running from God. In fact, you've been living life more in the darkness than in the light. And I want to challenge if that's you today, let's make that decision and come back to Jesus. The great thing about the, the, the way God works in Revelation 3.20, it says that he's standing at the door of our heart knocking. He's saying, hey, come on, let me in. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you've become. I still love you. Come home. So if you're here today and you've never prayed this prayer, or maybe you haven't prayed it for a long time, or you've been running from God, today's the day to come running back. I want to challenge you right where you're at in a moment. When I pray this prayer, right where you're seated, no embarrassment. We're not going to ask you to get out of your seat. But right where you're seated, just make this your own prayer and start this journey with Jesus today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We're almost finished with our service today. If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, or today you need to pray it again for the first time in a long time, just in the stillness of your own heart or a quiet whisper, just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I know that you're real and that you love me. I'm not perfect, God. In fact, I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? Just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.